Got a bad taste in my mouth out here. Aluminum. Ash. I can smell the psychosphere. Fuck, I don't want to know anything anymore. This is a world where nothing is solved. Someone once told me time is a flat circle. On today's episode of Production Delay, Q and I discuss Sicario, the 2015 American action thriller film directed by Denis Villeneuve, written by Taylor Sheridan and starring Emily Blunt, Benicio Del Toro, Josh Brolin, and Victor Garber. The film follows a principled FBI agent who is enlisted by a government task force to bring down the leader of a powerful and brutal Mexican drug cartel. Exciting stuff, Shane. Here we go. Before we get rolling, we have a word from our sponsor, Novice Clothing Company. We're all about supporting local businesses on the show, and I'm blown away by Novice Clothing Company and the original authentic work being done for athletes of all ages and teams of all sizes. Based in Albany, New York, the Bernardo brothers have lived through playing in uncomfortable athletic gear, too big, too small, too thick, and in upstate New York, not thick enough. Novice Clothing Company doesn't outsource for its apparel. They produce it themselves, ensuring the best apparel possible while cutting out the middleman and saving you money. Parents, coaches, and booster clubs do what we do here at Procrastination Sports, and let's support local business. Get started at noviceclothingcompany.com and on Instagram at noviceclothingcompany and get ready to claim your craft. All right, everybody, sit back, relax. It's time for production delay. You think the people that send you here are any different? What do you think we learned from? The grieving lawyer. Your wife, you think she'll be proud to see what you've become? Forget about my daughter. Oh, yes. Your little one. It wasn't personal. It was for me. What's up, everybody? We are back. Production delay, episode four. Sicario, Q and I here, as always. Shane, this is one of your favorites. This We're doing it is it. We're going to hitting it early. My favorite director, Denis Villeneuve. Every movie this guy does, Same. every movie this guy does, I love. And uh, this was probably the first movie that like turned me on to his uh, filmography, too. Uh, this was the first movie that turned me on to Taylor Sheridan, the writer of this movie, who I and love. And I know you love him, too. So this yeah. is a nice little combo film for the right. two of us. So it's directed by Denis Villeneuve, like Shane said, written by Taylor Sheridan. Runtime, two hours, one minute, 121 minutes. Uh, released September 18th, 2015. IMDb gives it a 7.6 out of 10. $30 million budget. The box office, 84.9 mil. It was nominated for three Oscars, no wins. Best Achievement in Cinematography, Best Original Score, Best Achievement in Sound Editing. Uh, it stars Emily Blunt as Kate Maser, Josh Brolin as Matt Graver, Benicio Del Toro as Alejandro, Victor Gray Garber as Dave Jennings, John Bernthal as Ted uh, what's it, Daniel Kalua? did I say that right, as Reggie Wayne, Jeffrey Donovan as Steve Forcing, Raul Trujillo as Rafael, and Julio Cesar Cedillo as Fuastel Alarcon, did I say that right, is it close enough, Alcon? Alcon. Okay, so did you see this when it came out, or were you, or have you just seen this recently? It came out in 2015. I saw it, I don't, I probably saw it like as soon as it hit streaming. I didn't see it in theaters. I did go see Sicario 2 the day it came out in theaters because I loved this movie so much. But I, uh, 
I, I caught this movie on like Amazon Prime. Yeah, this movie came out on the second of October in 2015. So I probably saw this like early 2016. Yeah, that's my fault. I had a couple set. couple <laughs> months later. I don't I don't really know exactly when, but uh, I remember being blown away like when I first saw it. Yeah, I saw it on on demand the first time, probably like the same time you did, a few months after it came out. And I will say that I enjoyed it more the first time than I enjoyed it this time around. Um, I went in, and this is the first time I saw it since then. And I remember being absolutely blown away by it the first time I saw it. Um, I watched it today, and I don't know. I mean, I th- I still think. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about everything, but I definitely was more impressed the first time around. Um, but it's easy to love this film, especially if you love Taylor Sheridan, if you like Denis Villeneuve. There's reasons to love this movie. Uh, I love Denis Villeneuve's Prisoners. I mean, I think that's a phenomenal yes. movie. But you can see some of the um, kind of the same elements that he uses, like some of his trademarks that you would see in Prisoners. So for me, that was very uh, visually appealing. Taylor Sheridan, I don't think he's had a clunker yet. This is by no means a clunker. Um, What do you think the impact of this film is? Like we've talked in more recent episodes, we said that Heat was potentially the greatest bank robbing movie of all time. I think I called Seven one of the greatest thrillers of all time, if not the greatest. So do you think it stacks up like that in a certain category or? I, I, well, I don't know. I feel like we've, I feel like this is a more, I want to say realistic, even though I don't really know kind of approach to like the drug war and stuff that's going on at the border like i you know i live in new york i have no idea what's actually going on down there but you know like this is the first one that seemingly painted all of that kind of stuff in a realistic and kind of brutal light yeah whereas i don't really i i don't know there's not a lot of uh at least in pop culture that i know of there's not a lot of focus on this like if you want to do an action movie with Or a suspense movie with, you know, CIA, DEA, FBI, whatever people, you're going to the Middle East. You know what I mean? That's the hot thing, you know, in pop culture in terms of storytelling. So it's, I think I really was drawn to this movie the first time because it was just, even though it was a lot of similar themes, it was, uh, you know, a setting that I wasn't overly familiar with as a viewer. Yeah, I like this setting a lot. I've actually, I've tried to write some screenplays just in my spare time if I get really bored. And one of the ideas that I always had was kind of taking a, uh, a setting like this, like on, the, like, on, like on the border with a drug cartel, but like set it in the 90s, late 80s. But I think showing it in this modern, this modern day, like what they do, I love it. I think it's really cool. And it's like you said, I can't think of too many movies that actually dive headfirst into it because it is kind of a polarizing issue nowadays, like the whole yeah. stuff, but they do it in such a great way in this movie. I think there's, look, I said I didn't love it as much as I did the first time around, and that's true, but there's still a ton of like great parts in this movie and elements of this film that I never get sick of. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, let's jump into it. We ready to talk about this? Cause this yeah, movie- oh man. I mean, this, this first scene is intense. Yeah, I wrote it here. What a way to start a movie. That's all Just, I wrote. Like, it's a, <laughs> I have intense opener with intense underlined three times. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, shit. Side note, I need to start doing what you're doing. I need to start actually writing my notes out because I type them and I, I think I, it would be more efficient to write them. But that was just that's just a side note. I to mean, this. whatever your process is, man. Eh. 
I kind of I kind of I kind of limit myself because I watch on my computer a lot of the time because I've been renting a couple of these movies that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. So it's tougher. I need to ha- write it down when I do that because I split my screen and I don't know if I get the full effect. Yeah, you got to have the full. You got to have that widescreen. Um, but yeah, the first scene also again, perfect way to start a movie in my opinion. Again, no credits. We get a little blur. Draw. Yeah. Love to read a little bit about what I'm getting into before a movie starts, and then boom, I'm right into it. No credits. Love yeah. it. Love it. Like we're we're knocking them dead with these kind of openers. So. I love it. Yeah. But it's, it's really, I mean, that's what I think Villeneuve does the, a really good job of this in all of his films. Is and you know, like a lot of great directors do this. Is the first scene draws you in. It doesn't let you. Ah oh, well, I'll check my phone. I'll warm up. I'll, we'll get into the plot eventually. Blah blah blah. Like this, a good movie slaps you across the face from the first frame and says, "Hey, pay attention. This is you're in for a ride." So my prime example of this, and I give this to anybody who wants to talk movies with me, is Scorsese in Goodfellas. Like that first scene where they're like mm-hmm. riding in the car and the trunk's bouncing up and down. You're like, "What's going on?" They got somebody in there, and then it's like, "All my life, I wanted to be a gangster," and then boom, like you're like, "Oh shit!" Like now I can't turn away. They yeah. don't let you get away for a second, and that's that's what's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. this movie does a great job with that. So you see that it's some type of law enforcement. Uh, you could assume F, F, uh, FBI, and they're going to some type yeah, of – SWAT team, something, yeah. And uh, I love the back and forth between Kate and Reggie uh, on the way to where they're getting. Like, yeah, you can tell great. she looks nervous, and he's kind of looking at her like, are you all right? Uh, so it's, it's, it's a very good back and forth without saying anything to each other. And then it's just a great scene. They find out all those bodies are, Oh yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, so, uh, like it's, it's yeah. So Kate shoots the guy right through the head and then, uh, after she gets hit in the plates, right. but yeah. so he fires back at her and there's a shotgun shell through the wall and they go in and I thought it was money at first. The first time I saw this movie, I was like, Oh, they buried money in the wall. Yeah. Uh, but then as they start ripping it away, you can tell that there's bodies buried in this house. In between every <laughs> single frame of the house. Like... Uh, I think they say we found over 50 bodies and we haven't even looked in the floorboards yet or something yeah, like that. Something just... crazy. Yeah. You and can just, tell right away. Away. I like that they do. And this is another thing Villeneuve does great is like establishing shots. The aerial of like that neighborhood. And you realize that this, this house that they've blew up basically was like a regular suburban home in a in a nice like assumingly middle-class neighborhood it wasn't some yeah you know dump in the middle of nowhere where the cartel was hanging out they were just you know bringing people right in the cul-de-sac yeah it looked like a like a suburban neighborhood in the middle of arizona new mexico somewhere out west yeah and before they they go to um uh the news the news broadcast inside the fbi office the shed explosion is pretty cool. Like, oh uh, yeah, the actual explosion is cool. Like, I I think you can see it coming a little bit because like the police officers like kicking at it. Like, it seems yeah. like something's gonna happen. But what I love about that is when the shed explodes. Like, the dog is like running away through the blast. And I took that because the more we re- we review these movies, they don't put stuff like in that unless they want you to think about it. For me, that was like that was the sign to Kate. Like, don't get involved with this shit. Even this dog who has no emotions is just like a bomb sniffing dog. He's like, I'm fucking getting I'm out, out of here. here. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, that's not, it's not like it wasn't like the neighbor's dog. That was like the police canine, you know? Yeah. And he's like, I'm out, bro. Right. I think and that's, then that guy's like crawling. 
yeah. with like one leg. It's brutal. It's brutal. We'll see. <laughs> but I actually wrote down news coverage seems legit. And I love that. Uh, we hate when movies do bad news coverage. We talked we about talked about this with drive. Yeah. Bad news and radio coverage. But this this was like they got like a CNN anchor and must have paid CNN must have gave them sponsorship money or something because it's like CNN broadcast, which is which is uh, really cool. Uh, then we get introduced to Matt uh, Graver, uh, Josh Brolin's character. I love this guy, man. I mean, this guy absolutely crushes this role. I so, think I texted you while I was watching. Like, this dude is unreal at the, Like, it's not, it's not a role that, uh, so to speak, is so demanding in terms of uh, acting capability. But Brolin just nails every, like, every scene. I think he makes it into a very intriguing part. And I was patting ourselves on the back, but I said, like, you know how we always talk about being De Niro and Val Kilmer from Heat? I think we could play... I could play uh, Brolin's character, and you could play Benicio Del Toro's character in a little backyard remake of this. Oh, we re- that would be awesome. Yeah, I think it'd be great. You'd but be I- a great Brolin character. I can see you with the flip-flops on. Also, thinking. such a great little directing thing. At the very end, they just panned down to the flip-flops and the shorts. Like, right. they didn't have to do that. He could have just wore that, and the costume department would have been fine. But they made a point make sure the viewer knew like this guy was so casual in this room full of big wigs so to speak and you could even tell he was casual he had like a hawaiian shirt on and like a t-shirt and they're like let's really emphasize this point that this guy is like a badass but he's also sitting in a room of guys in like three-piece suits and he's wearing flip-flops and like cargo shorts yeah which is is really just a power move at that point power move when you're that important and you can go into the meeting just being like, hey, I just got off the beach or a boat and I'm just here to fuck <laughs> well, shit up. That's, yeah. Oh, I love his line where they're asking about who they should bring on this mission and uh, um, the, uh, the head of the, of the unit is like, oh, he was a lawyer and, and, and Brolin goes, no lawyers on this train. No I lawyers love- on this train, yeah. Uh-huh. Dude, I just want the girl, and like they're talking about Kate's, how she should have been promoted, but she likes working in the field. She doesn't want to be in the office. So, so he's like, yeah, I love it, but no lawyers. Yeah, it's an awesome scene. The dialogue, uh, I mean, this is a Sheridan thing across the movies that I've seen in television series that he's written. He's fantastic at writing dialogue. There's so many great quotes in this movie that aren't like quotes that you're going to remember and say to your friends and use in regular day yeah, it's know, not conversation. Just- Right, but yeah. they are phenomenal quotes. You got like, some within the. Uh, I have so many written down. I have so many written down. But we haven't got to. We haven't got to the first one that I had. Two or three, but no lawyers on this train stuck out to that's, me. That's a great one. All right, we got to talk about Kate. We mentioned her. Um, I think she potentially could be my least favorite movie character in history. Potentially. Really. I can't stand her throughout the entire movie. I can't stand her from start to finish. Wow, interesting. Yeah, so... Well, I, is there a reason? You got yeah. a specific thing? You could talk to me. It's not Emily Blunt. I like Emily Blunt, so I have no problem with her as an actress. Yeah. I just really dislike the character of Kate because, like, I think she's very, very naive. Like, I think when, when this guy in the sandal shows up and your boss is like, think hard about what you're saying here to join this mission. Like, she knew she was getting into some shady stuff. Like, I knew that the first time I saw this movie without even seeing it. And then... She's very, like, 
upset and like trying to be the hero of this mission that's clearly not set up to have any heroes on board. Like this is going to be a weird mission and like it's not going to be above above board. You can tell that right away. Uh, so to me, she's yeah, very. I, and I think you, they make a point to just show how like she's so in over her head. No, I get that. But I just she definitely. I think she definitely does want what they all want in the end. It's just the methodology is completely different. Right, and her method would have never worked. So, like, she should just shut up and get on board with what's going on here because this is the only way to handle this cartel, the way that Alejandro and Matt are going to handle this. Medellin. There's no way that her, like, by-the-book approach was going to get this done with her and her buddy there. Uh, yeah, but I think that that's, that's why her character, you know, I think that's why her character is compelling is because she is, you know, naive to a fault. Oh, I'm not saying she's not compelling. I think it's yeah. a good character. I'm just saying as the character. So I think this is saying that the movie does something well. I just hate her character. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. Movie to the point that I'm, I just don't like this character at all. Uh, I wrote down mountain shots. Just all the overhead shots of the mountains are oh, yeah, just, it's you just like, fantastic. If you like filmmaking, like, it's just like dumb. It's, it's just, just establishing so shots. Yeah, show you where the next setting is. Where, where are we going? What are we doing? And it's all, the, I mean, that's the, the Roger Deakins cinematography. I mean, he's, he's awesome. unreal. He's yeah. awesome. So, uh, and, and really, all of the, the, the score is pretty good in this film, too. Very good. And the score and the editing together do a very good job of creating tension. I think and it's on And, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it does a great job of just creating that tension and then Villeneuve just comes in, you know, obviously he's the one directing and whatnot. And like, I think that's what he does fantastically across all like prisoners right. and, you know, Sicario uh, arrival. I don't know if you guys have seen that for our listeners. He, uh, he also directed the new Blade Runner. Every, all of his movies just have great tension that draws you in as a viewer. And those establishing shots are just you know what this movie does with with those establishing shots it reminds me a lot of true detective season 1 yes i think it's i was i actually had that written down because i think it's very similar i i that's why i love true detective obviously for the acting and the story but true detective felt like a 10 hour movie like yeah. with 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 great shots and they that's one of the which things. is you know why because it was all directed every episode was directed by one dude unlike most television shows where everybody gets a different episode even ozark which is a show that i love now that does a great job of that it's always directed by somebody else but yeah. uh yeah that you're right it's very rare uh I, I i actually wrote this overhead shots dot 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 i'm in love that's what i wrote <laughs> uh all right the team meeting uh the casualness of the preparation uh you can just tell that all these guys I love it these guys are seasoned vets the two uh texas rangers keith and somebody else are just yeah. the like old badass guys. Another here's another quote that nobody will care about, but Matt just when those guys stand up and they wave, Matt just goes fucking love Texas, <laughs> like under his breath. So but, here's another thing: like I love Emily Blunt in this scene. She soaks it all in without saying a word. I think she's great as an actress. Mm -hmm. I just, I just, I just, I just hate Kate. You just hate her character. You hate Kate. I, I hate Kate so much. <laughs> um, the one shot I don't love right after this is when they leave. They have like this helicopter overhead shot. And uh, 
to me, the helicopters looked like kind of a bad CGI job, and I didn't really love it. And oh, just, okay. Just with the real, like the realism of this movie, and like how well it does overhead shots, that was one of the things that caught my attention. I was kind of like, oh, that sucks. Like I, I love, I, I love when they get off the plane and Jeffrey Donovan character picks them up. Yeah, that one's. He's like, hey, how you doing? Uh, it hurts when I pee. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's just, like, oh those yeah, those little lines. Uh, yeah, I'm those little lines are just so like. You could tell that these guys know each other. They've been through some shit. Yeah. And it, it's, but without saying it, you know what I mean? So the driving through the scene. So they get going so, to Juarez is it tense. It's the tension is on an all time high. It's about a five minute drive of them not saying yeah. anything. And he's just showing us thing in, in a, in a Juarez. And you got the guys hanging mutilated on the bridge. Yeah. Uh, the parade of vehicles. It's a long scene, but. I love the way it sets up. Like you said, the tension is the mounting. Federales. Oh, I man. also love forcing the Jeffrey Donovan character saying, like, he's admiring their way of killing. Not that he yeah. enjoys it, but he's just so numb to violence because of what he does. It's just yeah. like, wow, this guy's seen shit. Like, he doesn't yeah. even care anymore. Because he, he says something like, uh, it's brilliant what they do. It's right. brilliant what they do. Yeah. See Kate being, like, shook. Like, she's like, where the fuck am I right now? But yeah. this guy's just like, He's so numb to it. Um, dude. Uh, all right. <laughs> so then we get to the border crossing scene. That was my next one. I mean, the bridge scene. I have bridge, all caps, three exclamation points. Yeah. I mean, this it, bridge scene is incredible. It's, un, it's, it's unbelievable. Do you, who's your favorite character during this scene? Because <sighs> there's a few cool moments throughout this like bridge scene and then going to across the border. I mean, I think my favorite character in the whole movie is Alejandro. 100%. So it's not even close. I really like Matt, too. But Alejandro's just like a little, I don't know, he's a little more badass. This is also a scene when they get across the border and they get in the shootout that Kate is just horrible. Like, get out of the car. Like, we got to, like, get out of the car. People are shooting at you. She's just shook. That's the thing, you know? Like, that's why I hate her, man. (laughs) (laughs) I can't stand this lady. Um, but yeah, that scene is is awesome, awesome. Like if you love a good shootout, the border scene when when they're just identifying the cars next to them, to the yeah. left, to the right of them, and then the best part of my whole thing is that they take down the cartel guys, right? And yeah. they flash to Brolin's car, to Matt's car, and he's just sitting in there, like he's just chilling, yeah, just chilling with the guy with the bag over his head, just like yeah, all right, yeah, he'll be that. good. Um, the great part in that scene is I just love uh, Alejandro like with the like with the machine gun just like he's like just all he says is like roll your window down and he's got the yeah. gun it's like not moving an inch yeah it's, just yeah. super cool cool under cool as a cucumber it's awesome uh, what do I have next what did I write down uh, but they re- so they return and this scene I love yeah go ahead uh, and this I, is the scene that you sent me a picture of too. And I texted you back. I was like, things got a little nutty. <laughs> She's like, nutty? Yeah, that was fucking illegal. Yeah. And like, this is kind of when you start to see things got not weird. only, yeah, not only do, is Kate in over her head, but she is, she is massively naive to what is actually happening. And this is the kind of the start of that. But I love, I don't know why, but I love the fact that they open with Matt taking, you know, the guy out of the car with the hood on. Yeah, and then everybody walks inside, and he walks over to Kate, and they have their conversation. She's freaking out, mm-hmm. and he's just basically tells her like, 
this is this is it you know like if you want to make so, like a difference this is what we have to do learn some shit soak it all up you know this is how to stop the cartels the but, way we do things is yeah. the way you got to do it yeah and he does a great i i think Villeneuve does a great job here of not following any of these characters like the camera doesn't move from the front humvee it's still shot so it's a still shot and like they have this discussion 20 yards away from the camera you know what i mean it's so in this, yeah yeah so it's like you get to see not only them interact but you get to see kind of what else is happening around them you see the other soldiers get out the guys who are you know dragging that dude in or you know making sure it's happening but everybody else just gets out like super casual like okay job well done great op guys you know like this is like a run-of-the-mill normal day for them well, as much as I would like to identify with Matt or Alejandro, the fact of the matter is, as the movie goes on, you start to identify more with Kate because, like, in our little normal lives, I would be freaking out like Kate is, oh, too. Oh, for sure, for sure. So She's I, the audience's eyes in this right. film. And I get that, but I just think she comes off, and I think she was meant to come off this way as being a little bit annoying. And I think that was the whole point of it, to have, like, this moral compass within this anarchy um, so I identify with her, like with my anxiety and my paranoia, I'd be like, yo, I'm out of here. Like you guys can figure this out on your own. So I yeah. get her character big time. Uh, the next scene is the, is the end is the interrogation scene. It's just the water it, cooler scene. Uh, before I the, love the water cooler scene right before he goes in the interrogation room. Because, get thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> like it, cause like we, we don't see that guy again. It seems nope. like he's some kind of prosecutor for Mexico. I think that's the kind of like yeah, I think that's insinuation of who he is. But it's just a quick scene, you know, maybe two minutes, not even, not of even. him just saying, you know, these guys have some history. They seem to be fighting on the same side. Like, I don't, there's just, it's well, a great job by Sheridan here. Well, great he, job by Sheridan. He gives here. you a huge piece of information when he, you, you realize. Says, I'm sorry oh, about your wife and your daughter. Yeah. Something's happened that's horrible. And if you're watching the movie, you could probably tie two and two together that his wife and daughter weren't killed in like a car accident. Like they were, yeah. they were murdered by the people he deals with and the secrecy in which he operates. I think it's. So, yeah, I think that's just a great like nod to Sheridan just saying like, what a great way to write in some character development and a background without yeah. having to do a full exposition of you know, like have like having Matt explain to Emily, well, all these things happened to him, blah blah. You know what I mean? Like it's just a way better way to approach that kind of storytelling. And that's what I think bad movies do so poorly is that they'll have yeah. a lot of dialogue. The exposition is obvious and in your face, right? With the main character, and the fact of the matter is, like, we you would never have that conversation. But if you bring in an ancillary character to bump into this guy at the water cooler, who knows of his past and just says, "Hey, what's up?" Hope you're yeah. dealing right. But it also gives him the opportunity to take the water cooler off and go in, yeah. in the interrogation. Like, if they didn't have both of those things working together, that would seem hokey. But the fact that he takes the water cooler after yeah, talking. And he tells him, like, don't cooler. go in there. It's better to say you didn't see anything. Yeah. Right. So it's like, oh, it's just everything that, like, literally, like, one minute is just so good. How about Matt whistling hail to the chief when Alejandro? Oh, my God. That's awesome. So, I mean, yeah. Matt, again, Brolin just nails every scene in this movie. Every Forcing, scene. Forcing walks away, turns off the yeah. camera, and is just like, hey, why don't you come with me? Says yeah. to the other guy, like, let's get out of here. 
I love the awkward positioning of Alejandro, like in between the guy's legs. Like, oh, it's just like, so yeah, <laughs> I love the, it. the power position. So I wrote this. This was my favorite scene of the whole movie. The interrogation water cooler combo yeah, was my favorite awesome. scene in the whole movie. Uh, I, I do that love is not my favorite scene in the movie. So that's good. We're, I we're do... mine is yet to come. So Ooh, I think, I think I know what it might be. Uh, um, yeah, because there is two other ones that were in my running that we have. Well, met. mine has no dialogue. Okay, we'll talk about oh, it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. I also love the cinematography with you want to see some fireworks. The guy takes. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah. What, and that just, again, just kind of showing Kate. Kate up on the roof. With there. another ancillary character, same kind of writing approach. Yep. Like, get a look at this setting. This is every night here. There's fireworks. There's, I mean, not fireworks. There's gunshots. There's explosions. Right. You know, there's uh, police lights and ambulances going around everywhere. Like, this is what they, the reality of this world. Perfect. You know, you're protected. You're on the FBI. You're on the United States side. You don't even, you can't even fathom what goes on the other side, goes on on the other side of the fence. And I think the point of that scene too is like showing her like the way you do stuff over there is different than the way we handle things here. It's just yeah. another subtle reminder of what's actually happening. It's a different here. world now. Yeah. And I like, you know, I have this written down as a quote. I think we kind of, we went over this scene when she's first talking to Alejandro about, you know, who do you work for? What do you want? And uh, I thought this was kind of interesting just because of the times that we're living now. He says to her, you know, we're going after Fausto Arcone here. And, like, people are killed by him or with his blessing every day. And to find him would be, like, discovering a vaccine. Right. And, like, just – I like, that's such a great quote. But it's not something that I'm going to use over and over again. It's not a movie quote that people are going to remember. And then, like, you know, maybe you and I might do it because we're movie buffs. But that's not, like, you know, a quote that everybody in pop culture is going to know. But it's just great. And, like, also I just think of, like, you know, we're all in quarantine right now. Like, sign of the times. It's kind of interesting to have – rewatch this again and see, like, would be like discovering a vaccine. I also like – that's a you make a, you make a great point with the quotes because, like – if I said I didn't know get uh, ghosts get thirsty to you, you would get it, but people wouldn't get that. But that's an awesome line. Like it's just yeah. funny. Like it, it's awesome. just just so perfect. Um, I did write again. Emily Blunt, good actor. Character sucks so bad. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, and then great. she's also just she just starts chain smoking too, which I think is a cool. That shows like. Uh, her character, she's just freaking out that she's just reverting to all. There's like a, there's like five scenes in a row where she's just like bumming cigarettes off people. So I have a little fun fact, and we'll get to it. I don't want to spoil anything, but there okay. is a little uh, foreshadowing that this movie does insanely well that I picked up on. Uh, Alejandro at the bus scene, I wrote acting in big capital letters with two exclamation points. Benicio del Toro. I mean, bringing the heat. He's amazing. Actually, Brolin's great in this scene, too. But I love, uh, yeah, and when Reggie's like, Matt, can I talk to you? And, they're, and he just comes over like, what's up, man? You seem like, a little tense. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, three o'clock in the morning. Like When they're, when they're uh, walking away and uh, Brolin's like, why don't you guys go get some sleep? We'll find our own way home. Like, it's like They're just badass. They're both great. Brolin, I wish we had more Del Toro and Brolin like back and forth because they're just, they're They're awesome. awesome. Uh, I also wrote about uh, Daniel Kaluuya, who I, is that how you say his last name? I don't want to get it. Kaluuya? Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya? Yeah. I loved him in. uh, Everything he's in is, he's phenomenal. 
him and Get Out, I thought was legitimately one of the best acting performances I might have ever seen. I thought he was amazing in that movie. I thought yeah, he carried incredible. the entire movie. Uh, I don't really like him in this Fun movie. Fun fact, he's also in Black Panther. Let's go. Yeah. One of my, as a huge Marvel buff, obviously he's one of my boys. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, Marvel Universe characters in this movie. Thanos, baby. Come on. Dude, and uh, Benicio. Uh, Actually, fun fact, uh, Benicio and Brolin were filming Sicario 2, and I watched an interview with uh, Del Toro once, and he was saying that uh, he had to go to do reshoots for uh, Avengers Infinity War, but because of the nature of superhero movies, he couldn't tell anybody about it. So he said their last day on Sicario, he's with Brolin. And he's like, yeah, like, what are you doing after this? You doing anything? And they're like, ah, no, like, I just got to, I might take some time off. I might do this. Like, I got to go do, like, I got to go to Atlanta real quick. And Atlanta is where the sound studio is for Marvel. And Benicio's like, I got to go to Atlanta tomorrow. And <laughs> Brolin was like, I got to go to Atlanta tomorrow. And they're like, are we filming a scene together? And they didn't even know. And the next day they filmed a scene together for Avengers Infinity War, which is awesome. Shane's a big superhero movie guy, as you guys will learn. Kevin yeah. is not so much. So I'm your I'm your comic book, science fiction, fantasy right. side of this podcast. Unless we're, in, unless we're talking Batman, because I'm a big time Batman nerd. That's like, true. Batman nerd. Uh, but but oh, I think that's what balances us out. You know what I mean? We're a yin to my yang. Yeah, you like movies made before 2010. <laughs> <laughs> I like movies made after. Two- <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Anything pre-58, I love. <laughs> From The Wizard of Oz to yep. Kevin Blanca, right in my wheelhouse. Uh, so I wrote about Daniel Kaluuya. I said I, wrote, I think he's a great actor, but I think his dialogue is some of the hokiest in the movie. I think they wanted to give him more things to say, uh, mm-hmm. and I think he does a good job with it, but I think he's here for a lot of ex- uh, like a lot of Exterior. I think it's 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 really a case know. of like he was definitely coming up in Hollywood, yeah. so he got the role. But he's way too good of an actor for that role. That's like I think that's the problem. And I think he was trying to show that. Like, there's a scene where she's in the bra and he starts. Talking I wrote down this guy's American accent is fucking incredible because he's yeah, British, right? And which is great. But he's eating an apple, and it's like very good character acting. Like, it was, <laughs> I like De Niro. But it's almost like it's kind of stupid, like in this scene. But I think he was trying to elevate his performance because yeah. he's actually an actor. He's but so I, good. He's so good. But yeah, I don't, I, it's a case where, like, I don't want to say he wasn't given a lot to work with because it's not like this is a leading role anyway in the film. You know, he's kind of a second, I mean, he's a secondary character anyway. But uh, it almost is like, yeah, too- I, I think this is just, this is just us talking that about. Daniel Kaluuya being the fucking man and a really great actor. No, I think he's a good actor, but my problem is he's almost like hit, like the way he looks and the way I've seen him in other movies. I have it in my brain that he's almost too tough to be playing this role because this <laughs> role, like this, like this guy's very reserved, and I don't know if you would find him as threatening as I'm supposed to find him. And I think yeah. that's because, like, I think that. Let me rephrase that. Like the character, I don't think is supposed to be viewed as threatening, but I think Daniel Kaluuya is such a presence that he brings a little bit more to this character that actually should be there. Uh, okay. Love this. So we get to the bar. Um, Kate and uh, Reggie are there. And uh, Reggie hooks Kate up with one of his friends that he knows who's a, who's yes. a, a police officer. In, a uh, cop in Phoenix. And they were in Afghanistan together? Is that how they knew each other? And I think so. The actor's name Played is Played by John Bernthal, who's the fucking man. He's awesome in Wolf of Wall Street. He's great. He's incredible uh, in everything. 
the Turn. Punisher. There you go. Marvel sure. connection. How about uh, it? Yep. Uh, there's another movie I like him in too. Uh, all right. It doesn't matter. But uh, anyway, the account, have you seen that? Yeah, He's good in good. that. Um, all right. So they start hooking up and they're at Kate's apartment and they're about to get to the goods. And uh, Kate notices on the table with his wallet and his money that there is a rubber band that uh, it's the same as the rubber band that they confiscated from the yeah. bank. Yes. In the previous so, scene. And she does a great job. She's like, oh, shit. Like, I'm, yeah. like, I'm sleeping with the enemy. Not to be too cheesy, but, like, she's yeah. sleeping with the enemy. Quite actually. literally. Um, and then out of the shadow. The scene is, like, fucking intense, too. Yeah, he's When choking. they're, like, fighting each other and he's choking her out and whatnot. Yeah, it's. Oh, also, we skipped over this. But the, uh. The very subtle Silvio story is phenomenal. Yeah, why don't you touch like on him, that just a little okay, bit? Okay, so, you know, we're running through the main plot of the film right here. But uh, a couple times in the movie, we, we see this side story from this guy who is a police officer in Mexico. His name is Silvio. Uh, he's played by uh, Maximiliano Hernandez, who is also in Marvel movies as a Hydra agent. Um, there's a lot of connections here, Kevin. You <laughs> mentioned account. Um, and he's great, but he, you know, he's just a police officer in Mexico, and all we're really seeing is his regular day life. Him getting up, uh, playing soccer with his son, you know, yes. going to work, yeah. And then, you know, around the middle of the movie, we see him, you know, picking up some bags of, I think, our heroin, right? Or cocaine, some kind of I drug. Think whatever and putting them in the trunk not a big drug guy so and, I don't and it's know. yeah i don't really know there, it's 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 contraband yeah. um it's not lucky charms <laughs> and he's putting them in the in the trunk of the car and it's kind of interesting because uh when they cross the border in the bridge scene del toro's talking to uh uh alejandro's talking to kate and he says to her you know we're gonna meet the federales but watch out for all the state police because they're not always the good guys. So then you're you're also seeing, you know, on the side, like, you know, one of these scenes, and these scenes last 30, 45 seconds, and then you go right back to the main story, and you're like, well, how is this going to connect in? You know, what's going on here? But I think it just does a great job of showing, you know, kind of the reality of what Juarez is like and what, you know, what it's like on the other side of the border. Speaking of his character, which this movie does so well, the first time you see him, they pan to him, and he's laying in bed, with face uh, face down in bed, and his son walks up to him, and he's living in this, like, shithole. And you assume, just from what we've seen in the previous scenes, that this guy is very poor, and he's living in, like, filth, and he's probably a part of the cartel, and mm -hmm. something's going on. And then they pan to his uh, to his work vehicle, and you realize he's a police officer. Police and officer, like, yeah. You know, things aren't always what they seem. Yeah. Which is perfect. And I think it also kind of shows, again, like the reality of that situation is right, you so. can be a police officer and, you know, if, if, if being a police officer allows you to afford a what you would call a middle class lifestyle, that lifestyle in Juarez is not the lifestyle you think of in the United States or in, you know, the EU sure. or whatnot, you know, like – there doesn't Other seem to be first much, world countries, so to there speak. There doesn't seem to be much prestige and honor that's going along with what he's yes, doing. Yes, it's just and that's a why shitty he has job. Work, and that's why he has to work for the cartel, assuming to make more money. Because mm -hmm. I don't think they would spend so much time in his crappy little apartment if they didn't want you to be like, 
yeah. oh, this guy's doing it for something else. So, so sorry, we got sidetracked here. The intense scene, John Bernthal's basically about to kill Kate. And our boy Alejandro, just like a ghost, comes out of the side, like out of the, out of the walls. I hate it so much, but like whatever. Uh, he's such a badass. So I'm I'm assuming he was. I, I like I know he was there the whole time. Yeah. They really like, like kind of punch you in the face with the fact that he's like. He's a just ghost. a bad motherfucker. Right. Yeah. Like, he's a ghost. I get it, but it's just like okay. Like and then he just like silently walks up. This guy, Ted, didn't see him at all. And now he's standing <laughs> over with a gun in his face. It was just like, okay. But he's a badass, so you just got to play along with it. Uh, oh. They get Ted in the car. Yeah, phenomenal between just Alejandro and Matt in the car. Just great. Oh, and Garver, uh, Graver says to him, the, the Brolin character, he goes, you know what the great thing is like about you being beaten to a pulp? That's not going to notice. <laughs> Nobody's going to notice a few more bruises. Yeah. It's yeah, awesome. <laughs> That's good. Um, all right. I, I wrote again, cinematography is simply beautiful, which it just continues. I, I mean, we don't go watch the movie. We won't talk about every shot, but there's establishing shots every time they switch scenery. That's just yeah, like, wow. they're just unbelievable. Uh, night vision scene shootout in the tunnel. Okay. So right before this, they meet up the next morning. Kate's shook up. Per usual. In this. Alejandro kind of seemingly extends an olive branch here of like emotion and you know you know feeling bad for her whereas matt's just like hey come on in shirtless he's like this is the op like this is what we're doing like he's so like you said uh, like he, they're just so desensitized to like this kind of shit and alejandro's the one guy you know who's probably might be the baddest of them all who actually you know says like hey how are you doing are you, are you doing like how's your neck you know is yeah. it are you okay yeah and it's like it's just kind of interesting to show like this is the reality of like how you know people are they're not always people aren't one thing all the time you have to get to know people in order to know who they yeah. are this guy yeah, was so he, he had a wife and a daughter that he loved so there is compassion there even though he yeah. shoots people through their skull from like five feet away nonstop. but like he's actually a really good dude like i think he's a yeah. good person but he's just He's just a badass. Dude. He's on the warpath now. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so then they're like, she's basically there. Brolin says to Kate, uh, that like, we just need you to sign off on this mission. Like, we don't need you to come with us. And right. she's like, hey, fuck sure. that. Yeah. I'm going in now. I'm in, I'm in deep. So she brings Reggie with him. And then the night vision scene, this is awesome. And this is Reggie Wayne. Reggie's name is Reggie Wayne. In this Reggie movie. Wayne. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just Reggie yeah. Wayne. Just Colts wide receiver. Guy does it all. Just throw him some passes. And just... <laughs> uh. So uh, the scene of, and the, this is my favorite scene in the movie, huh? the cinematography of everyone getting night geared up when, they, when they're about to go in the tunnel. As the sun's going down and they're walking away down into the canyon, it's the best scene in the whole movie. So we get through the night vision. And it's just score. And film. Nobody's talking. Nobody's doing anything. And it's it's the it's the silhouette of everyone with the focus on the sunset and the mountains in the background. It's a beautiful scene. If you like cinematography, this is a scene to watch. It's 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 masterfully shot. It's not static either. There's some slight panning left to right. Well, from yeah, left to right and then back again. It's a one. If you like cinematography, this scene is unbelievable. 
So they come out of the tunnel, and uh, Alejandro confronts uh, the dirty cop that Shane yeah, was talking is, about. Finally, we see the connection where Silvio's here. Silvio's here, and... Uh, I also love that uh, Alejandro's night vision was the white thermal, whereas everybody else's night vision was, like, the green uh, <laughs> night optic. Yeah. So that's just kind of cool to just show, like, you know, he's not using uh, government-issued tech. He's got his own shit. He's his own uh -huh. thing. You know, uh, Kate sees uh, Alejandro uh, putting the gun on uh, the dirty cop and she yells at him to put his gun down. She points the weapon at him and Alejandro shoots her right in the shoulder. Yep. Uh, favorite part of the movie, maybe for me. Finally, Kate shutting up for five seconds. Um, <laughs> and he walks over to her and says, don't ever point a fucking gun at me again. Yeah, like he shot her precisely where she wouldn't be harmed. He just wanted yes. to sort of, like, let her know that like you're that's how like, good he is. I wrote, Alejandro shoots Kate. I love it. Period, period, period. She's useless. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's bank, let's, uh, bank, uh, bank through these last couple um, towards the end so, of yeah, the movie. Basically, the plan that they enact is they have Alejandro take this police officer. He, you know, he gets in the back seat, got gun to this guy's head. Great time. They go and pull over um, the son. Is he the son of? Uh, he, I don't know if he's the son. He's just the guy that's picking up the shipment to bring it to them. To yeah, he's he's to, basically yeah. the the United States side cartel dude, and he's he got called to back cartel. to Mexico because of all the shit they did earlier with the bridge scene and the kidnapping and whatnot. Um, so they find out that that that's the tunnel they can pass through to get him. He can get right on eighty six. They pull him over. Uh, Del Toro, uh, Alejandro here. Kills Silvio, which is kind of sad, honestly, because Silvio is, a, you know, he's a—he's not an innocent bystander in the sense that he is helping out the cartel. But you see, basically, throughout the day, as they present the setting, he doesn't really have a choice. So he's kind of just a victim of circumstance here. So I think, I, as an audience member, I kind of feel bad for the guy, you know. And then, you know, like his family is going to be without their father now. Like it just sucks. So he switches cars. He gets in the second car. They take him to uh, the... So he pulls up to the drug kingpin's house and yeah. the guards come out and recognize his car and they're like, Mr. Whatever. And you can see he's holding his neck because he's just been slit ear to, uh, yeah. ear to ear. And all of a sudden, the three security guards are standing outside and just like... <laughs> and Alejandro just shoots all three of them in like two and a half just seconds. Efficiency. This guy is just an assassin. To your point, I did feel bad for him getting killed, even though he's wrapped up in this business. But you also have to realize that this Alejandro is just out for anybody's blood that is standing in the way of him enacting yeah. revenge on the guy that killed his wife and daughter. Correct. Uh, Correct. Uh, Manuel Diaz is the name of the young guy, the character's name, um, whose neck got slit. Just and then we get... I mean, this actually is probably my favorite scene in the movie, but it's, I think it's too, like, on the nose. Like, this is, like, everyone loves this scene, and I think a lot yeah. of people know it. Uh, so well, they say the, they, they talk about the heat signatures right, in the house. Yeah, okay. I think this is where you're going. Great. Right before the scene, he takes out the three guards outside, and they yeah. say there's, there's – uh, they said there's, there's six people left in the house. Some dude's walking down the hallway. He just gets Body blasted. Part. Just blasted. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm like, so you're thinking, okay, five people left, you know, maybe a couple more guards. But then you see Alejandro see from across through the kitchen, across the, you know, little patio, 
that he's eating dinner with his wife and two children. So you're like, okay, there's only one more guy left in the house. And then he turns to the left in the kitchen. He sees the housemaid and he just lets her go. Presumably, because we don't see him when he goes back through the house, but we're assuming right. she's out of there. Once she sees a guy walking through with the machine gun, I'm betting she's just like, yeah, she's just straight out. Uh, so and that- I think that just kind of shows again, he's not a one dimensional character. He has a little compassion. He's not, he's not just a, you know, loose dog off the chain, you know, it's I so, I think, I think yeah. So, which why I think that it also makes Silvio's death kind of hurt a little more. Cause it's like, Oh damn, like this guy had to go, I guess. Uh, but, Silvio was caught up in the business. Like, that's why I say he's not an innocent bystander, but as an audience member, you do feel bad for him. Right. Well, if you feel bad as an audience member, this might sound all right. So, uh, Alejandro goes to the table, the dinner table, and it's a wife, two kids, and uh, what's his name? Fausto. Fausto Alcone. Right. And he's the drug kingpin. He's the guy. And the scene Shane and I opened up the show with is the scene between uh, Alejandro and him. And uh, let's just jump to the chase. Alejandro shoots the wife, the two kids, and then sits there face to face with, uh, with. And I love how he says, not in front of my children. He's like, so, don't kill me in front of my children. So he just kills so, the kids right away. Just, okay. Well, they're dead now, so. I felt really horrible, but I was rooting for him to kill everybody at that table. I, I, I know that sounds horrible, but, like, I felt it's so wild how much uh, Alejandro and Del Toro bring you in. Like, I felt horrible for that guy that he got his wife and daughter murdered for no good reason other than him fighting the cartel. And as bad as it seems, and it's only a movie, so you can kind of, like, rationalize it, but it seemed almost poetic that like this guy had to suffer the same type of suffering that Alejandro suffered because if he killed him first, that guy would never experience the pain that yeah. Alejandro has felt this whole time. So, and also once again, just three shots, efficient mother, just, well, that's, well, that's another thing. He doesn't ever torture anyone. Like, yeah. Kill them. It's well, maybe the guy he slit his throat and the water cooler guy, but you know, the guy he didn't kill presumably. Right. True. Right, he just got information out of them. But with the kids and the woman, unfortunately, they had to go uh, and just quick and easy. Uh, okay, so we get through so that. Finally, yeah, we get through. There's uh, Presumably a day passes. You know, there's a fade back. in and fade yeah. out. Yeah. We're back at Kate's apartment. Another great scene in this movie. I just, oh my God, it's unbelievable. So, so Andro asked Kate to sign a, a, a document saying that everything was done by the book and on the up and up. She refuses to sign it. He puts a gun to her throat and says, "Her gun, yeah, her gun." And he says to her, "It's going to look like a suicide, so you better sign the sign the paper." Pretty much, she reluctantly signs the paper. She does a great scene of acting by the two of them right here. She's like bawling her eyes out, but angry, signs it. Yeah, she first like she's not going to sign it. Like you're going to sign it, you know? Like yeah, make her an offer she can't refuse. And And then. this is the land of the wolves now. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know, it's an awesome scene. Well, he tells her, he pretty much she, tells her she would be a good detective in some small town somewhere. Go do yeah. that where, where, where law where still, he, still exists. Yeah, where it still exists and you can make a difference. Because like, if you think you're going to make a difference the way you work, it's not going to happen here. Like That's not how it, it's going to go down. It's not how you're going to make any meaningful change either. Uh, so then... Uh, he takes her gun apart, like throws it throughout the apartment, walks out of the apartment. He's walking through the parking lot. She presumably has another gun somewhere in the apartment. And uh, on her porch, uh, overlooking the parking lot, she points a gun at him and like presumably going to shoot him. 
but she's crying, she's shaking. Mm-hmm. And he turns around, gives her ample opportunity. Okay. Like I'm, I'm right here. Go for it. She do you decides think, to do not you, shoot him. There's a part of him that wanted her to shoot him because he did what he wanted to do. Like he's obviously upset. Yeah, throughout. like I think so because he might think he, like you know like his circle of revenge is complete. So I think that's kind of why he stops. You know, he says you know if this is the end, at least we made a difference. Right, and I think he's and, and, also saying like he doesn't really, other than killing people, he doesn't. His whole point of life was to kill the the Falcon guy. Yeah, uh, or Al, whatever his name is. Because and, the rest of his life, his wife and his daughter was taken so, away, and yeah. now he's got nothing left again. So, and then final scene. Great job by Sheridan again writing here. We go back to Silvio's wife and his son in Mexico going to play a soccer game. Great scene, love it. And it's in a great scene, no dialogue. Mom brings the kid to the soccer game, kids playing some soccer. You know, he's, you know, it's we just the follow kid. the ball around. It's the yeah, dirty kid, yeah. And um, we hear an explosion, some gunshots go off in the distance, everybody stops. And then a couple seconds go by, nothing happens. Referee blows a whistle, says, hey, bring it back in, we're starting again. This and then what? it kind of fades back out. Uh, you know, looking at the field and like, that's kind of just, again, again, just establishing you as the viewer. This is the reality of what goes on down there. Right. The There's gunshots 20 yards away or whatever. Kids from, and the refs, like, play from on. Kids and kids. Yeah. Play on. Like, come on, we got to get this and, game in. You know, yeah. I got three more games to ref after this. Come on. And it says the card, <laughs> the movie ends and it's great the way it ends. Uh, all right. Good work there. Let's get into the did you know. Uh, the word Sicario means hitman or gunman in Spanish. It also means paid assassin in Italian. Uh, this was director Denis Villeneuve and cinematographer Roger Deakins' second collaboration. Their other collaborations were on Prisoners, which was their first one. And since then, they've done Blade Runner 2049. Uh, when discussing the score with composer Johan Johansson, director De- Denis Villeneuve said he wanted the sound he wanted it to sound of that of a threat. The one film that he used as comparison was Steven Spielberg's Jaws. I don't think it's on that level, but that's a good one to compare it to. I think uh, that they definitely are in the same uh, area, though. Yeah, I think, I, I think the way they sound are similar, for sure. Um, while Benicio Del Toro's character is frequently silent in the movie, he initially had more lines. In the original script, the character explained his background several times to Kate. So glad they cut that out. Uh, That gave him the information about who this guy was, but it felt a little stiff to have someone you just met 15 minutes ago suddenly (laughs) telling you what happened to him. This is exactly what we said. Yeah, exactly. This this was what uh, Del Toro said. So they worked together, him and Denis Villeneuve. Uh, They cut a lot of the dialogue to preserve the mystery of who the character is. Uh, Like Del Toro, Villeneuve saw power in stripping the character down to a brooding silence. Uh, The border crossing scene was one of the most complicated parts of the production. It took so long to shoot that a full-scale replica of the Juarez border crossing was built. Shooting at the real location would have required days of road closures and simply would not have been practical. Uh, they didn't even try to make that happen. They just built the uh, other ones. All right, so let's go to some what-ifs. Uh, having just completed Everest in 2015, an exhausted Josh Brolin originally turned down this film and said he had no interest in working for a couple of years. Oh, man. That would be, it would be totally different. He's totally. so good in this movie. He's so good in this movie. The only other person I think could do his role would potentially be Denzel Washington. I don't know if he'd be too old at this point, but I think he would be good. Mm. Uh, but Brolin is top of the line in this movie. Uh, Emily Blunt considered dropping out of this film because she was pregnant. 
She decided to stay involved in the project. They began production just three months after giving birth to her daughter. What a legend. She looks great for giving she, birth three months. Three later. months. Yeah, jeez. Running all over the place. All right, Shane, let's play a little game because this movie didn't have too many what ifs or trivia. Okay. It, it looks like this movie was made without too many hitches in production. Um, let's play a game. I want you to name three characters in the movie and give me three uh, casting changes that you would have made potentially. I have mine if you want me to go first. I want you to go first for sure. Sure. All right, so I would recast the Kate character. I would take out Emily Blunt and put in Rachel McAdams. Not saying okay. that Emily Blunt's bad, but we had to do it. I had to pick three people that I could do without. So I'm going to go with Rachel McAdams. Uh, now, are you saying that are you saying that these are roles that would make the film better? Um, these are roles. I just gave us three people that we had to recast. So I wasn't going to recast. Uh, Alejandro or Matt. So they were you out. Can't. So I was going to say, you can't do that. Yeah. And then I had to go with three other characters that I felt it wouldn't make the movie worse. It might improve it or it'll keep it the same. It won't make the movie worse. Uh, my next one was the character of Reggie Wayne. I would cast Joseph Gordon Levitt as Reggie. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I and, like that. And my final one was Dave Jennings, the uh, FBI uh, supervisor. I would cast Idris Elba. As him. Oh, I mean, okay. I thought that would be good. I don't know if he would just do it. Put Idris just Elba in anything. Old, just... I think he would be really good in that. So that's what I went with. Because I don't think Idris was to the point to where he was as huge as he is now. We might be able to still get him in that role. Yeah, yeah. 13 when this was filming. Um, uh, so those were my three. That's good. That's good. Because that doesn't really take away from um, any of that. I think, uh, you know, I thought Emily Blunt, I think it, Kate's character. Is probably the easiest recastable character. Yeah. In terms of not taking too much away, not that Blunt doesn't do a gr she does a great job, like we talked about. Right. But the just the character itself is not as integral integral to the story as Alejandro and Matt's characters are. Um, if I would, I think I would maybe put Kate Mara in that role. Ooh, I like her a lot. I love her in uh, what's in uh, House of Cards. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. What a Rachel McAdams. Was her True Detective season two performance? I wish we like you could implement that type of Annie Bezzaridis. How about that? Great, great character. The by the way. Yeah, she's awesome. That's phenomenal. You just pulled that off the top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> that's Good for you. That's wonderful. Um, I think I would do. I would recast uh, Silvio's character. Mm, okay. Uh, with 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 the greatest possible character actor of all time, Michael Pena. Good choice. Because I think that um, and I if, like if it, Pena a lot. It, Michael Pena is the the man, the man, really? also in Marvel movies. Let's go. Um, just had a theme here. <laughs> um, because I think like I love Silvio's character, but I think if he was played by maybe someone a bit more famous, like a Michael Pena type, you it as the audience member might take a little more, you know, interest in what's going on with this role. It's like, Whereas it's kind of the reverse of Daniel Kaluuya's character, where exactly. it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's um, like uh, Drew Barrymore getting killed at the beginning of Scream. Like, you have to care about it because she's famous. Yes, and yes. some random person, you don't really care that much. I agree. That's a good call by you. You got one um, more. It's your last recast. I don't know. This is tough because I don't want to do... I don't want to take anyone out of a huge role. I think they could have done... I think you got to take Kalua out of his role. That this is yeah. I think you're right. I struggled with. 
That or maybe Jeffrey Donovan's character. Yeah, you could take him out for sure. That's a good uh, one. I should have went with that. And what about a little John Hamm for Jeffrey Donovan's character? Just might as well go with him playing another star FBI. power. Yeah. Or I was thinking maybe just give Falcone some, you know, like, like some star power. Like maybe. Uh, like, oh, Fausto uh, Falcone. Yeah. Yeah, what's his name? The guy who I like, love. Make it like Javier Bardem or something. Yes. You know what I mean? That's what I was thinking. Way to yeah. go. Yeah. So love like, because it. It, it, that's just one scene. That's a cameo. That's one day. Yeah, one Put day of shooting. Yeah. So something like that, just would have you know, hmm. maybe like, like Edward that. James Olmos or something there too. I, I don't know. Just something uh, like stick with, stick with Bardem. I love that. Yeah, but Javier Bardem would have just been you know get him for a day, and then you don't have to you know. You don't have to market him. You don't have to say he's in the movie at all. You just get him for the quick little one-hitter. The Kevin Spacey in uh, Seven type. Yeah, uh, yeah. Even I, I mean, even less work though. No, really. but I mean, just don't, just don't promote. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, great job there. Uh, changes. What doesn't work? Do you got anything? I know you love this movie, but I have a couple of things. Uh, I don't know. I think I think a lot works on a lot of levels. I don't have a lot of problems with this movie, which is why I love this movie. I, my one problem would be that there is a lot of downtime between the action. I don't think that I, I, I this is what we talked about last time. Taylor Sheridan's story here is awesome. Yes. Uh, I don't think a lot of dialogue really needs to be put in place to tell this story. So while we're suffering from, not, uh, from a lack of dialogue, uh, if well, it's you interesting don't, that, you, like, you know, Sheridan initially had more dialogue and right. they caught it. Right. But if you don't like establishing shots and like cinematography, this movie is going to be boring for you because in yes. between the action, it's really just establishing shots without that much dialogue. So that was that could be a potential problem that I would say doesn't work. Again, I liked this movie the first time. This movie is exciting. There's great action scenes. It doesn't really strange blow. thing I thought about. And I have this written down the first like two times I watched this movie was at night. And I just rewatched this during the day, and I think it has a little more heavy effect if you watch it at night. I know that's a weird thing, but central. It's like it's like it's like watching Halloween like in the middle of the morning. Like it just doesn't yeah. do it. Um, how will this film hold up? Go ahead. I I mean, I don't really know. I think that in terms of like you know what what we'll talk about with ratings, I think it holds up well in terms of how is it as a film. Uh, story-wise, it's kind of remained to be seen. I mean, if this is next, if this is the actual next, you know, warfare battleground that you know our country and the the world seemingly yeah. fights about, yeah. then I think this is going to hold up really well because it's going to be like, hey, a lot of this shit is going down, and I think a lot of the, the appeal of telling these stories about the Middle East and Afghanistan to American audiences is that it is literally half a world away. You're disconnected from it. You can dive into some of the things and just be like, oh, well, that's ridiculous because like this is fiction. But this one hits a little more home. And if we do end up, you know, getting into a bigger drug war with cartels and, yeah. you know, terrorists from Central and Southern America instead of the Middle East, you know, it could hold up real well. But that being well, said, who knows? I think you're right. I think it's too soon to know how this movie will hold up. But from an entertainment standpoint, whether or not the actual landscape of our warfare 
drift. Yeah, geopolitical right. warfare. Right. Whether that's a case, I think this movie will hold up for its action purpose. Uh, I personally don't think this will go down in uh, Denis Villeneuve's top five movies when it's all said and done. And I don't think this is in Sheridan's top three works that he's done already, which is saying a lot to both those guys. But I think it will always be a movie uh, that you should see because the first time you see it, it's very impactful. So that would yes. be my advice. See it once. I'm not so certain you need to see it a second time. Uh, but with saying all that, if you do watch it a second time, great acting, great cinematography, and it tells well, let's us- get in, Let's get into the, the scoring system here. Right. That. So let's talk about directing here. What do you right. give it? I can't give decimals, right? It's got to be a solid number. These are just hard numbers, yeah. Out of 10. It's an 8. It's an 8. It's an 8. I think score. it's an 8 as well. That's I think it's good. an 8 as well. I think it's it's well done. Uh, it, uh, like we were saying, like a, the, the 6 is kind of, it doesn't take away anything. It doesn't add anything. 7 is good. I think 8, you're starting to get into like, ooh, this is impressive. And then 9 and 10 is the greatest directing performances of all time. Yeah, well... According to Kevin. <laughs> um, I won't give out any tents. You won't well, give out any tents. I but, might. Um, I, for a couple, too. But yeah, three. I mean, like, you know, I think this is an eight. This is a well-directed movie. Sorry. If we had decimals, I'd probably give this an eight and a half, but I don't no, think I, it's a I, nine. Um, uh, I don't okay. think it's quite a nine, but I think that it's on par with Drive and Seven, which we also gave eights in, directing categ- in the directing category. Well, when you get into the five and six range, it's a it's 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 hovering on a bad performance. Seven is is good, uh, but eight is above average, and this is yeah. an above average directing above performance. average directing performance. Um, all right, writing and script. Uh, now we are including story in this, right? Uh, I'm going to give this a seven. A seven. I think the story is like an eight. And I think the dialogue and the writing isn't anything like to blow your socks off uh, because there's not much of it. So I, I can't, it doesn't take away, but I got to give it a six. So 14, give it a two, seven. I'm going to agree. It's a seven. It's good. Um, it's not considerably above average, but there's just, you know, again, this is kind of like, I wish I could give it a 7.5, but uh if the story was like, so- like I said, a lot of good quotes, a lot of things that make you think. Good story. The story elevates it, in my opinion. And uh, but nothing that you're going to be like, you know, quoting to your buddies, you no. know, tomorrow. And, and without the story, I think the dialogue suffers because there's just not that many. So I would have probably given it a five. The story and 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 the and the uniqueness of this story, which hadn't been yeah. done a lot when they made this movie, is what gave it a bump. All right, acting. Uh, I love Brolin. I love Del Toro. I like uh, what's her face, Emily Blunt. Um, Talk about how Kaluuya those, crushes his character. Those three are good. Kaluuya suffers from bad dialogue, but he does a good job with it. John Bernthal is electric in his like four scenes. I'm gonna give it an eight. I love the acting in this movie. I uh, I kind of want to give it a nine, but I. I have to give it an eight because I don't think it has that one, you know, lead it performance. It doesn't. Yeah. Have a scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
that's a good like term we can use on the show now. Like it doesn't the diner have... scene. It doesn't have the diner scene. Well, and that's the thing. It's like it doesn't have it doesn't have a performance from. I, I think it's an eight across the board from everyone in the cast. That's really what right. I'm saying. You I agree. I mean? And I uh, think we got a everybody is above average, but there's not one person who's just carrying the load. You know what I mean? And if we got to sit down between Del Toro and Brolin, like a diner type aspect of like planning to go kill all these guys, you might get a you might get a bump because yeah. I needed that. Yeah, I agree. All right, cinematography. It's excellent. Uh, I hate that CGI shot, though. I don't know why they put that in, because the, the rest of the movie is as close to a 9 or 10 as I could give cinematography. Mm. Uh, I think it should have won the Oscar for cinematography. Uh, I got to give it an 8 there. Yeah, I'm going to go with 9. Yeah, that's fine. I think this is phenomenal. That. There's so many good shots. Yeah. There's so many good, you know, like it's just it's a nine in my in my opinion it's i gave drive a nine as well yeah i know it's it's right there uh set and production design it does nothing for me i gotta give it a five it does absolutely nothing for me i mean it doesn't it's it's i could you know what i gotta give it a six because it doesn't take it away but it, I mean, there's nothing fascinating. Yeah, I know. I know that it's 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 cool to know those facts about how they built that bridge and whatnot. Right. But it, they didn't. It doesn't add anything to the the tension of the story. Like I think the tension on those scenes comes from the cinematography, the, the score, acting. the acting. Yeah, the set and the production design is relatively average. I think a six is appropriate. Yeah, I agree. Uh, costume design, hair, and makeup. Uh, I mean, I love Brolin's outfits, uh, but again, I don't think it's anything that's like, oh, wow. I don't think it's uh, the, the costume design in Drive, for example. I don't think it's uh, yeah. you know, the kooky Brad Pitt ties in Seven. I don't think it's the slick back hair and the suits and heat, like the ridiculousness of all that. Again, uh, see, that's tough because this movie will suffer from that category because it doesn't necessarily need it. But did I once think, other than the sandal scene with Brolin, was I like, oh, look at this stuff? Yeah. No, not so I got to give it a six. It doesn't change anything for me. I agree. It's, it doesn't nothing. add anything. It doesn't take anything away. I, I think that, you know, I might have gave it a five, but I think they, you know, having that little thing about the sandals and the flip-flops and, you know, just how casual certain characters are and versus not, I think it's a six. You know, it's just, it's average. Yeah, I agree. Soundtrack and score. Uh, the I don't think there is a soundtrack in this movie, to be honest. Maybe there's a song in the bar. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so there's nothing there. Again, uh, I like the score, but it doesn't blow me away. Uh, I got to give it a six. Okay. I'm going to give it a seven. I think that uh, there's a lot of times where the score carries the scene. Uh, I don't think it's you know, going to be stuck in your head. I don't think it will be. That's why I like, think, you know what I mean? But I, I think, I think it's, I think it's good though. I think it's, I think it does add to the film. Yeah. I would say it's, it, it, it's, it's good. I, I just don't think it's above average. And I think a lot of the times the, the actors are what make the tension in the scene and the score accompanies that. So I, I got to go fix there. Uh, visual, practical and special effects. Uh, uh, there's not many, honestly, this, uh, that you got yeah, a couple, couple explosions, a couple gunshots. Uh, it's, it, the, I will say the gunshot, uh, when, uh, when, uh, when Benicio del Toro shoots the guy next to the cop and shoots him in the head in the trunk, mm. 
it's awesome. Um, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a six as well because I just don't. I don't. Yeah, I'm going six here. Fix out for me. It's good. You know, it's 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 good for a Hollywood level thirty million dollar film. Yeah. But it's not adding anything crazy to the movie. It's not. There and like you said, there was a scene that seemingly has helicopters CGI'd in that you're not a fan of. So. And the only the only reason I hate it is if I was watching any other movie, I wouldn't even care. But because everything else is so well done, so well done. Like, don't even put the helicopters in the shot. Just give us another awesome track shot of you going through the hills of the uh, of the desert. Like, it's way better. Don't put in the stupid helicopter. Nobody cares. So, uh, cultural significance. Not culturally significant, in my opinion, other than the fact of what's happening in the movie. But I think when we created this category, the cultural was like, what are you going to talk to your friends about? I don't think it was like, oh, because it's a movie about Richard Nixon, then it's culturally significant. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's more about like, you know, what does this movie do? It's like you said, it's kind of like you said, where we have, it's a movie that you suggest people should watch. But it's not a it's not a classic, so and like, I do think that it's a great introduction to both Sheridan's screenplay and Villeneuve's directing. But like you said, it's not going to go down as either of their masterpieces. So, like for example, Indiana Jones is not based on reality, but it's culturally significant in the fact that if you say Indiana Jones, ninety eight percent of the people yeah, are going to yeah. Uh, with Sicario, I don't think you get that. What? Uh, um, and I, you know, we gave, I gave heat such a high score with this because I do think it's the greatest bank robbing movie of all time. So for me, if you're going to start breaking down categories, that's culturally significant. When you're asking people, what's the greatest cowboy Western of all time? What's the greatest bank robbing movie of all time? What's the greatest superhero movie of all time? And you say a movie that makes it culturally significant for this. I think it lacks that in a big way, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, but again, I think this is a movie you see once. I got to give it a five. Okay. Uh, I, I like a six here. I don't think it's middle of the road. I think there's a little something to it. And like I said, it's, I, it, because of what's going on with all of the acting that's great, the direction, the score, uh, the screenplay, the writing and whatnot, I think it's definitely worth a watch. I think a six is appropriate. Yep, I'm not going to argue that. Uh, and then finally, entertainment value. It's... The action in this movie is a 10 out of 10, okay? So those scenes we discussed are f- so well done that I feel like you're there. But the rest of the movie is slow. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 7. I don't think that's unfair at all. A 7. I, I give it an 8. That's fine. I, I, I mean, I, I, I think it really is entertaining. And I think that when you finish the movie, you go, wow, that was a ride. Even if there are some slow parts. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? The last couple scenes in that movie are awesome, but I'm trying to judge this on a full movie uh, basis because we talked about this with Seven. If you watch the last 30 minutes of Seven, it's a 10 in every category. The fact of the matter is, though, there's a lot of... There's a lot more going on, yeah. I think, but, you know, the, the opening scene here is awesome. Right. Then we have a lot of entertaining stuff with Brolin's character. and Seven, right? Yeah, you have a Seven. I give, uh, I give it an Eight. I'm sticking with... Mm, but I do love the last 30 minutes of this movie. I'm staying at a seven. I'm staying, staying seven. at a seven. All right. That brings you to a 67, me to a 71, which gives our production delay score a 6.9 out of 10. Nice. Sicario. Uh, uh, nice. Uh, so 6.9 out of 10. I, which, think that, I think that's fair. I do. 
Yeah. I really do. I, just because of what I said at the end, uh, towards the end of we were discussing it. If you see this movie once, you're going to rate it higher than a 6.9. After you yes. see it again, you're going to be like, eh. All right. So let me say here, uh, today's show brought to you by Shane McHugh Visuals. Shane McHugh Visuals is a full-service freelance video and photo production house that can suit all your visually creative needs. Whether you're looking to capture a special event, promote your business, or showcase your property, SMV has you covered. You can find them online at ShaneMcHughVisuals.com or on Instagram at ShaneMcHughVisuals. Again, that's S-H-A-N-E-M-C-H-U-G-H Visuals. ShaneMcHughVisuals.com or on Instagram at ShaneMcHughVisuals. Uh, shot a video for my ceremony at my wedding. It's beautiful. Check it out. If you're getting married, go check out Shane McHugh Visuals. If you're not getting married, you should get married just so you can hire Shane McHugh Visuals. Uh, you can find the podcast online or visit our blog at procrastinationsports.com and on Spotify. Shane, my man, what's our next movie? We telling the good people? Yeah. Um, Kevin gave me a list of films. <laughs> and uh, sticking with our seemingly... Uh, way of picking movies that only have one word titles <laughs> we're gonna go with the classic al pacino film scarface it's gonna be good gonna kevin be kevin good. is so excited i am this movie is so over the top that you just gotta love it it's just, yeah it's just in your face over the top probably like 22 percent of the movie could actually take place in a real functioning society but that's what makes this movie so great it's just over the <laughs> just, and it is awesome uh, so we're going to try to get that out this week, I think. So you're going to get two episodes again this week. That's our plan. Cause Shane and I are bored during quarantine. So we are just watching film after film. Um, I'm excited to see the list Shane gives me. Cause I love picking out which movie I like to be two movies ahead. I like to know what I'm watching and know what I'm watching after that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so cool. you have, you can lay it out on your calendar. Yeah. So, uh, we're not going to give the people that type of preview. Once we hang up, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that. But you got anything else, Shane? This was episode four already. Nailed it. I know. It's crazy. Rolling right along. But, um, yeah, I, I, I try to think of like a, one, a good quote to end. But there's yeah. so many good little quotes that won't make any sense. Oh, no, just do one. So, Pick I'm one. just going to leave you with, uh, if your fear is uh, operating out of bounds, the boundary has been moved. We love everybody. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back. Episode five, Scarface, later this week. Thanks, everybody.